This episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast on the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed is brought to you by our friends at Schneckbook. Matty D is back. We are going through the crazy weekend that was last week in football between Georgia getting upset, the Cowboys losing to the Jets. We go through everything. We then jump into college football week eight and NFL week seven. We had our good friend Jared Barnes on as our guest picker. It was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Smash that subscribe button. Leave us a nice five-star review. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, thunderblogsports.com. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. Here we go. Welcome to the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and returning this week, fresh off his trip from South Carolina, is Matty D, Matt Stefano. How are you, my friend? Oh, doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Um, great trip. A lot of golf. A lot of golf. Um, feeling rejuvenated. Unfortunately, I did have to watch... A football game on Sunday that didn't go our way and then get then spend ten hours in a car. Yeah. Um, it's tough. But you know, that's how life works sometimes, you know. So um but dude, I mean it was a really awesome football weekend too, which which I was excited about. Um and I mean a lot of movement and one of the biggest upsets here in college football, which I know we're gonna get into, but I had to bring it up now. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. I mean Obviously, we're talking about the Eagles' loss, but the Jets lost to the Cowboys. You have the no, Steelers. No, Cowboys lost to the Jets. Or, no, yeah, you're right. Yep. I flipped it around. I Thank you. Know you. That. The, I know you know that. I, I had to remind you. The Chargers lost to the Steelers, a game you didn't think was going to happen there. I mean, the NFL was nuts, but college football kicked things off with a number of upsets. But you mentioned it. Leading the weekend with South Carolina's upset of Georgia. And Matt, we've been wishing for chaos. And I feel like this is the first domino to fall because I think there's a lot more left, especially in the month of October. Yeah, it was um, it was a huge, huge upset. Um, shocking because they really haven't been that great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. They they Georgia. I mean, South Carolina hasn't been great. Um, I'm just still shocked it happened. Like it, I, like it legit is wild to me. The um, crazy thing is that aside from turnovers, which is the ultimate difference maker of this game, statistically the Georgia big names, big dogs, if you will, played well. Jake Fromm, again, takeaways, three interceptions, but still nearly 300 yards in the air, had a touchdown. DeAndre Swift had over 100 yards. Zemir Smith, he had a solid day, the backup, the backup running back. Um... I mean, even George Pickens, he almost had 100 yards as, as a wide receiver. Um, you know, I mean, again, if it's not for Jake Fromm's interceptions, especially that pick six at the end of the first half, you know, we might not be talking about this. This might be the North Carolina-Clemson game, but you got to give a lot of credit to the Gamecocks, who 
They jump into their SEC schedule early because they play Clemson at the end of the year in that South Carolina rivalry. And they were ready to play. They knew exactly what they had to do to show up in this yeah. game. They put pressure against Fromm. He had a fumble loss mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that defense was ready for him. And I don't know if it if it says a lot because that's why about Georgia's offense because that's why I wanted to, to lead off with the statistics because I think they played well. They just didn't take care of the football. So I, I don't right. think this is, by any stretch of the imagination, the end of Georgia, especially with the Florida game coming up no. in a couple of weeks. But it is something to be said. I, I will say, I mean, I will say this. that They have looked, the big Notre Dame game. Notre Dame's obviously a ranked team, so they're, they're, they're good. But they, to be the number three team in the nation and to want to be considered up there with the Alabamas of mm-hmm. the world, if you will, they are basically Alabama. And I'm, I don't mean this in like a negative sense. They're basically like Alabama's brother, right? Like they're they're big, they're strong, they're all good, but they're just a little bit, a little bit younger, you know. Yep. Um, younger, but I don't mean that like they're actually not younger. But I I think they need to shake things up there a little bit. I don't know how you do it, um, but I feel like they've been a little stale, and I think this game obviously proved that they they have some work to do. Georgia does if they want to be. There's still a path for them, but now they can't afford. That's their problem. They've now set have to run the table, which is going to be hard to do. Yeah, you, you you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, they play, they obviously play Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, what is that? That's in two weeks, three weeks, the first weekend in November. Um, yeah, first weekend in November. Yeah, November and, 2nd. And, and, yeah. They play and, Kentucky and they, they this play, weekend, which yeah. should, should I mean, be the, a win. The positive is, say again? Should be a win. I mean, Kentucky's defense, yeah. I, I would think on paper, All is right. better than South Carolina's. Um, but I feel like win. they're no, going to be they they're going to be ready to go. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: they miss Alabama and they miss LSU. Now they still have to play. Now they're going where there's going to it's going to be Florida, and then they get, then Missouri comes to town. You can't take Missouri lightly. With Kelly Bryant, they're they're a ranked team. No. And they go no, no, no. to Auburn. They go to Auburn on the 16th. Um, they have to beat Auburn. If, mm-hmm. if you know, that's it. I mean, if they beat Auburn, they're in. If they don't, they they don't go to the title game. Period. Um, so they can beat Florida and Auburn. They're in the title game, and if they win the title game, they're going to go to the national championship. I mean, that's how I feel about the S. Whoever wins the title, you know, Georgia still has the caliber to go. They'll go. They have a great win against Notre Dame on the schedule already. So it's not over for them, but it just makes the margin of error really slim. Because if they even because if they lose another one, they probably make the, they lose to Florida or to Auburn. They won't make the the um, SC championship game. So that's where it becomes. So, in a chaos scenario, I'm glad you brought that up, but in a chaos scenario, because LSU obviously still has to play both Alabama and Auburn. Auburn still has to play LSU and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And obviously Alabama has to play them both. But there's a possibility <laughs> that someone, whether it's out of the East, more likely the East than the West, is a two-loss team. Do you think this would be, say Georgia loses to, say they lose to Auburn, yeah. but somehow... Yeah, because they beat Florida, so they would have the tiebreaker right. in the East. So they get said, in the East, going and they beat Alabama, or they beat LSU, or whomever, whoever comes out of the West. Yeah. I feel like we might see the first two-loss team in that doomsday scenario. The committee really doesn't like the two losses, but I feel like that's a scenario where we'll finally see one get into the playoff. Well, I mean, I think to me that the key there is that, like, you control your own destiny as a SEC, if mm-hmm. you're a two-loss SEC, don't because if Ohio State slash Wisconsin, Oklahoma, and Clemson are all undefeated, 
to me, those three teams will go to the playoff, period. Yep. Period. If they're all in the um, – now you start to have other teams creep in. Notre Dame all of a sudden is going to get – if they're a one loss – if they're the one – if they're only losses to Georgia and there's a two-loss SEC team and it's, it's Georgia, maybe Georgia gets in. But if it's another two-loss team, I'm not sure. This is where Oregon has the opportunity if the only loss is to Auburn to have a case. Hey, we only have one number of ranked opponents. We only lost to a very – good Auburn team we go. Um, sure. It's going to be hard for the committee. Personally, I would tell you, I would rather, I believe that a one-loss Oregon should go over a two-loss SEC winner, assuming Oregon runs the table. Interesting. That, that's how, how I feel about it. Um, so I feel like you might have just answered I, my question, but where do you yeah. come down on the people that are really, they're not hammering Georgia because Georgia controls their destiny right now. But they're hammering Notre Dame because Notre Dame didn't beat Georgia. It sounds like you're falling well, on the a... difference. Well, I mean, look, a couple things. Notre Dame is going to have to play. I mean, when we talk about it, they don't have a cakewalk um, to the rest of the way. You know, they, they do play Michigan in two weeks when a mission's combined, which is tough for Michigan. They, they go to Stanford to end the year. Um, I guess for Notre Dame, they, they have to hope that teams that they've beaten, such as the close win against USC, um, Virginia, that's now dropped out of the rankings. They need, you know, Georgia, they need some of these teams to get ranked so they have a lot of really good wins. If Virginia falls apart, if USC falls apart, then their wins look worse. If Michigan loses to Penn State and Notre Dame and Ohio State, all of a sudden Michigan's not a ranked team. So now they're losing quality wins on their schedule. That's, so that's why Notre Dame doesn't control its own destiny anymore, even if they win out, because they mm-hmm. have to have other teams that they beat look good. Sure. Um, that's the hard part that Notre Dame has. The SEC schools don't have that. They play each other. They have quality wins in the schedule. They have an championship game. That's why Oregon has an advantage. They're going to play all these good teams. The Pac-12 still has talent. You know, we, we rag on them, but they've got Utah and Washington, Washington State and, and UCLA and USC. I mean, they've got good teams, Arizona and Arizona State. That's something Notre Dame doesn't have. Notre Dame's going to have weird wins this year. Sure. Um, and, and the ACC is down, which hurts Notre Dame because their wins against Louisville, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, Boston College, they don't look as good. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be tough for Notre Dame to get in without more chaos. Oh, I agree. I agree that they're I, – I think them as a one-loss team, I feel like they're not going to get in regardless unless there's absolute chaos. I just – I thought that it was – I thought it was just really interesting that people weren't hammering Georgia for losing to a South Carolina team that, as you mentioned right off the top, came out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, this is really Notre Dame. You know, this is a shock to Notre Dame and not really addressing the fact that Georgia lost. They lost a game that they should not have lost by any stretch of the imagination where they didn't take care of the football. And that's that's football 101 is, is holding on to it. And you have your quarterback – this guy who was supposed to be right in the in the Heisman race and all that good stuff is turning the ball over and and I feel like it just went under the they quickly swept that under the rug maybe to try to preserve any sort of Florida you know Florida game or Georgia Alabama in the in the championship or even trying to get two SEC teams in I'm not trying to subscribe to the ESPN rigging it because they have the SEC network because now they have the ACC network too so you could say that about Clemson you could say that about whomever. Um, but that I, I'm glad you, you addressed it. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to, to ask you about it. Um, 
But let's yeah. look at the other big SEC game because I keep mentioning them. Florida lost to LSU in a very huge statement win from the Tigers. And probably one of the greatest quotes from a college coach. Say, say that again? One of the greatest quotes from a coach during the game. Did you see Coach O? <laughs> oh, I did. Team's Welcome to death, Adam. Where dreams come to die. All right, thanks, Coach. Go Tiger. <laughs> Go Tiger. I kept saying, as a quick side, um, Emily and I went to the, the Sixers preseason game, and I saw someone wearing a Ben Simmons LSU jersey, and I just kept saying it to her before the game tipped off, and she got very annoyed. But I was proud of myself. <laughs> I could see that. I'm going to tell you something about, about LSU. You cover everybody's name up right now, and you look solely at wins and stats. And I'll be up front. I, I, I think LSU has a legitimate argument to be ranked number one in the nation. I think so, too. Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow is, Burrow is the leading Heisman candidate. Um, he's done it against – look, he's done it against really good football teams. I mean, you know, the Texas win, people are kind of forgetting that he went down there and just literally roasted Texas through the air. Um, obviously, they beat Florida. Look, we all know, you know they're going to play Auburn and Alabama back-to-back weeks. They have to go to Alabama. Um, that's going to be tough. But the quality wins compared to Alabama, who really hasn't played anybody, their best win is against, you know, number 24, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Alabama really is not going to get challenged until that LSU game. Um, and nothing against Alabama. We, we They deserve to be highly ranked. But I would argue that right now you should have Clemson. I mean, you should have, I'm sorry, um, you should have LSU at number one. Um, and... They just have the quality wins, and and I think Joe Burrow is the real deal. Um, what a great change Coach O has been willing to make there offensively, and that ground pound that was winning them a lot of games, but not getting over the top to this explosive air, almost air raid like offense with a great defense that no one's talking about because the offense is exploding. That defense is incredible. First round picks all over the place in that defense. So um, I, I would consider LSU the number one team in the nation. They would get my vote. Right now, it's close between them and Alabama. Yeah, I'm just glad that we're getting them playing. I mean, frankly, before any of the polls come out, the CFP polls come out, I you know it's it's whatever the AP and all that. It's great that we have it, so we have all the different stuff. I'm just glad that we actually get these guys to play each other. This is like when they were number one, number two back the year that they had the rematch. I think it's incredible that we we get this, and hopefully they stick that way through the next two weeks. I hope they hold their own against against Auburn. I think they're going to um, in a battle of Tigers, especially with it going to going to Death Valley. Or dream going to die, go Tiger. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm just pumped. Burrow looks like the real fucking deal. I know that it's right, hey, he might he might cement his. Um, I know there's a lot of games left, yeah. like after this. But if he goes to Alabama, if they, assuming they beat Auburn, he goes to Alabama, and wins. I think the Heisman's in the bag for him. I don't care what stats. Tua or Jalen or, or Jonathan Taylor put up puts up if he goes to Alabama and wins. I don't even care what the stats are down there. If he wins, he's my Heisman pick that week. I would think so too. He gets hurt. Yeah, I, I just interesting that, you bring in Jonathan Taylor because I think he needs like he needs to go Melvin Gordon, fellow Wisconsin running back, and go like 200 yards a game, put up three three touchdowns. With so many good quarterbacks out there, I feel like that's as a running back. That's yeah. the only thing you can really do at this point. I think um, I think I think Wisconsin doesn't get the press for two reasons. One, they always have a good running. 
I think that hurts Jonathan Taylor with, with all the great backs that have come sure. out of there. We talked about Melvin Gordon, James White was there, Corey mm-hmm. Clement was on the Eagles, had a big career there. That, I mean, I can keep going on and on about constant running backs. They also, their only win was such a blow up. Most people didn't watch against Michigan. That's their only quality win. They really haven't played anybody else, but they, they get Ohio State in two weeks. They play Iowa the week after that. That'll decide. We'll learn where West Wisconsin is, which is really great about the top of the college football rankings. Alabama plays LSU. Ohio State plays Wisconsin. And uh, Penn Ohio, State. And then, you know, Penn State's playing everybody. Georgia yep. and Florida and Auburn, they're playing everybody. Even Oregon. Oregon has Washington this weekend. Utah is playing Arizona State. They're gonna, everyone's going to play each other. So you can argue the rankings right now, the BCS, uh, the BCS. The playoff rankings don't come out for two weeks, and we're going to learn a lot in two weeks about where oh, all yeah. these teams stand. So anybody that's in the top 15, in the top 15, top, top 13, because I'll keep Utah in the mix, still has legitimate playoff hopes. Um, by the way, you know, Michigan still does if they run the table, right? Yeah, um, they, would, they would need to. Right. They need to run the table. They're, actually, they probably have more of a chance than Texas because Texas has two losses. Texas has two like, losses, yeah. I mean, they have, they have losses to LSU and, and Oklahoma. They probably can't lose to two better teams. Um, but I think even if they ran the table, I think the two also would be tough. Although I see an avenue for them to get there, so I'm not going to totally do it. But outside of, and I don't think Boise State has a shot. So outside of Utah and up, I think Michigan's the only team with a legitimate chance to make playoff. Unless you know Missouri did something crazy, or Minnesota, sure, and ran the table. Which, which, but I think legitimate chances. They're the only other team in there. Um, sure, but that's what's so cool. I mean, everyone's complaining about I mean, nobody's playing anybody early in the season. Well, they're all playing each other, so it's yeah, not going to matter. It's it's definitely the uh, it's definitely the patience is being paid off at this point. Which, thankfully, it is. I mean, there, we could have also been in a scenario where there's complete duds on the second half of the schedule. I mean, I guess right. that's what why power conference scheduling works and why, mm-hmm. you know, it just stinks that the... It stinks that we... It works because we get these undefeated matchups, one-loss matchups in, in late October and early November, but it stinks that we don't get more LSU Texases in, in September so that we get these wins or losses that really show us a lot. Because it's something where... Say Michigan beats Penn State and then this weekend, and then when Wisconsin plays Penn State in a few weeks, that that you know, however that game goes, obviously Wisconsin would need to win to have to have something. But it it, it turns into something where I don't know, it there I use the Joker in the Dark Knight, not in the new movie, which saw that this past weekend. I, I know I texted you after. Very yeah. dark movie, America. If you or if you want to go see that, just be prepared. Very dark movie. <laughs> All the shit of people being like, of like people being worried, like, oh, this is going to inspire people to, you know, that you know that are getting I've rejected. Heard that, right. If if someone actually thinks that, by all means, you know, it's America. Your you know, freedom of speech, freedom of thought. But tweet it out. Use your freedom of speech and kindly sit in your house for thirty minutes while the police come to get you. That's all I'll say about that movie. Because <laughs> if you actually relate to that character by the end. You deserve to go to prison. Uh, but anyway, or at least be in- institutionalized. Anyway, back to football. Um, yeah, I use that that Dark Knight theory, though, that you need me, you can't kill me and everything, that we're running into that. And, and it's great that we run into that with college, but I think we need more of that across conferences. We need to establish some sort of exchange rate because otherwise, say Utah or Oregon does run the table, or 
I mean, and and frankly, Utah's Utah and Oregon are going to need Arizona State to look good throughout the rest of the season too. Yeah. Also, a one-loss team plays both of them. They're at Utah this weekend. That's something where they're going to basically need to to whoever ends up winning the Pac-12 needs to have beaten Arizona State. Hope Arizona State play either plays the other team close and loses, or beats the other team just so that you're having the schedule look great or their schedule and their cross stuff look great. And then the only real exchange rate is that Arizona State went to Michigan State and beat MSU, but then you need Michigan State to look good in in a Big Ten schedule. I just feel like if we get more cross-conference play, that we establish this, we establish this way of the committee being like, okay, we know... X, Y, and Z from from this conference played ABC from that conference, and we also know, you know what I mean? Like because we get that through the in conference schedule, I feel like it's only fair, especially when you're pulling only four teams to get something like that. And I know I'm going to be a broken record because I keep saying that, but it's it's wild <laughs> in that sense. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do we need? Do we need to cover? Because I know, I mean, Clemson. Did they oh, play? I mean- did Clemson play last weekend? I feel like they won, but they moved down. Um, they moved down to yeah. to. Yeah, they played. Oh, they played Florida State, who they smoked. Florida yeah, they Island smoked 14, them. Yeah, that's why I'm Clemson. not remembering it. Um, yeah, they moved down. I think right rightfully now. so. Ohio State rightfully yeah, they, so moves they, down. Well, I mean, right. Although their I, best win is going to be Texas A&M. It looks like at this point they yeah. they do finish versus Wake Forest and then out South, at South Carolina. Um, Again, Clemson is going to make the playoff if they run the table and win the ACC does it, championship. Does it shock you I that Clemson be... gets more first place votes than Ohio State does in both the coaches no. and AP polls? No, because they won it. That's why. Yeah, it, it's it's and, and I, I I do subscribe. To I think Ohio State's better. And, I would argue yes. I her, I wouldn't. I would not vote for them at any first place votes. I are. I think they. If you covered their name up. And look just at their resume. I, I think they would fall somewhere in the eight to ten range. Who Clemson? Clemson, maybe. Yeah. You know, I think you can make legitimate that Ohio State, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Penn State, um, have all looked better. My um, I don't. My top ten or my top three would be LSU one, Ohio State two, Oklahoma three. And then I'd put Clemson four because they're okay. I, I I would I would go LSU. I, I would keep Alabama up there. I would go LSU. Yeah, that's State. fair. Oklahoma's that's close. fair. Wisconsin's close. I I do I think, think that Oklahoma made a big you, statement. We didn't talk about the Red River rivalry game. I think they made a big statement in winning that game, and Texas held their own. But I think Oklahoma really showed this is our conference. It has been for a couple years. We know how to we know how to solve you, yeah. Sam Ellinger. Yeah, uh, and. I mean, absolutely. Um, I guess the only reason I I sticking out to Alabama, they have won in utterly convincing fashion. Sure, sure. In, in every game they've played, forty-two to three, sixty-two to ten, forty-seven to twenty-three against South Carolina, a lot better. Forty-nine to seven, fifty-nine to thirty-one, forty-seven twenty-eight. They have a, and you just we are forgetting because they aren't we don't we aren't seeing these games because they're not big matchups. The utter and immense talent that Alabama has offensively. It, they have the greatest combination of skill position players in all of college football. And oh, I can absolutely. say that without a hesitation of a doubt, in my opinion, they are, they are just so utterly loaded at wide receiver running back. Um, and to a, 
you know, that's why to me it all comes down. I think they're much better than Auburn. That LSU game is going to be decide which team basically goes to the playoff. And and I actually see if LSU or Alabama wins, one of those two teams going as a one loss without winning the championship. If Oklahoma or Ohio State, if, if the Big Ten, if, if Clemson loses, it's totally different. Everything changes. If Big 12 or the Big Ten has an upset, it's going to allow an SEC team to sneak in there as a one loss SEC non conference. I just, Alabama's. Yeah, I, I'm still not a huge fan of that. I think there's something to be said about winning your conference. And I think and that's I, another... And I'm in agreement, but I... Yeah, I, I, and I understand, yeah. like, two years ago when Alabama got in of, of why they did. When Ohio State's a two-loss team, the committee really doesn't like the two losses, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I mean... But I, that just strengthens your point, though, as you made. I mean, about wanting to play cross-conference schedules because it, it's it's hard... You could argue that Alabama and LSU are the two best. You can make an argument that they're the two best in the nation. And you could argue that one of them is going to finish with one loss and miss out in the playoff to a sub, a sub, a subpar, a sub, uh, less talented, less good team. Yeah. Just because they play in a different conference. That's why I think it's so important to try to figure out a way. It's also why I I could see a six team playoff making a little more sense with two by, you know, with like basically top teams get a buy, a yeah. buy week, if you will. I could argue that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I will beat this to death. I think it should be at least six, if not eight, and make the first You're round. More be- eight than I am. Yeah. Make the first round go at Christmas. Don't stop with the stupid bullshit that they're taking a whole month off. I think that's a huge factor in it too, because I think that's. Yeah. I think it's done. I get like they're students; they have exams and everything. Give them a couple weeks. Give them give them two weeks. Give them three weeks, especially because because the the Army Navy Heisman Trophy week count that as you know whatever. Um, and then give them give them two weeks from there. Give them three weeks off, three Saturdays, and, yeah. and from conference championship weekend, and go from there. And I think especially like especially if there is the scenario where a team that's not playing a thirteenth conference championship game, they get a fourth Saturday off. Or in this case, where Alabama had it a couple years ago, they had what five or six off. It's just stupid mm-hmm. to me of it. And you can make the argument, well, then they're all well rested. But I don't know. I, I think there is something to it of rolling, of keeping you know keeping the juju going, all that all that stuff. Um, yeah. Before we wrap it up, want to mention our boys, Greg, or Say again? our boys, Matt. I want to mention our boys, Matt, the Lehigh Mountain Hawks, playing their second Patriot League game this weekend against Fordham up in the Bronx. Matt Lehigh upset Colgate two weeks ago. They were on a bye last week. I like it. I like it. Yeah. As we get as we prep up for the big game in just about just in five weeks. It's um one month and seven days from today. It's November twenty third. It's the one hundred and fifty fifth matchup of Lehigh and Lafayette. It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be so much fun. All right, let's get it over to our Pixo. We had Jared Barnes, our good buddy, on. It's a lot of fun. We recorded, we recorded it right before this, and uh, I think Jared did a good job. I think this is going to be a lot. Of, I think everybody's going to really like this uh, set of pickums. But Matt, before we get to there, tell everybody where they can place all of our surefire winners. Well, first off, you haven't been. You're uh, a big money winner, and that's a check. Um, you know, the founder and owner and runner GM. Slightly white collar criminal Logan would be happy to take some of your bets this week. Big week last week. 
with a number of upsets in both in both college and the pros. Now he's a little upset because uh, he's a huge Georgia Bulldogs fan, so he has decided that I forgot he moving was. forward, moving forward, every game against the South Carolina Gamecocks in order to exact revenge. If you pick against the Gamecocks, he will match your bet free of charge. Oh, so uh, what a he, deal. He, his wish, his wish is to see South Carolina never win the game. His comment to me was, "They lost the Civil War, and now they'll they'll take a second L moving forward uh, with my betting wrath." So, the bigger the spread, the better. He's all in on every opponent against the game. Schneckbook, hashtag Cox. <laughs> all right, I love it. I forgot he was a Georgia fan. Oh, that makes it so much funnier. <laughs> But here he is. Here's Jared Barnes. Everybody enjoy. All right, let's get to picks. Time to welcome on our good friend, reuniting with Matty D on the air for the first time since college. It is our resident Pittsburghian, Mr. Jared Barnes. How are you, my friend? Gentlemen, I'm great. How are you doing? Buddy, I'm doing well. You know, uh, aside from my shit week last week and pick them, I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you on. Talk a little foosball, you know. Fuck around. It's going to be a good time. I mean, I, I, I'm not really a betting man, uh, but we'll, we'll figure something out here. We'll, we'll see if I either go 0, 0 and 8, even though I got six picks, or I'll go 10 and 0 with six picks. So we'll see what happens. You, know, well, you could uh, give bonus picks if you want to, if you really want to, uh, you know, stack the odds one way or the other. Zach did that a couple weeks ago, and he uh, lost both of them. Never in my favor. <laughs> Mr. You know, Mr. Pre- President Barnes, it's nice to have you on. I, I do miss the old college days of sitting in the studio together. Uh, those were, those, that was a pretty awesome spot we had. That was pretty fun. Yeah, for those that don't know, Jared is the uh, 2013 recipient of the G-Man Best Male Guest Award, but he's mainly the top recurring character. You were like the – I'm trying to, I was trying to think of a good TV character. Like the Ben Linus in season two of Lost before he was like the starring role, you know, like where he's on for most of the second half of the season. Uh, I think he won an Emmy for that. So, so you know. But Jared was on most weeks. Uh, came on. It's good times. Um, but, yeah. We're excited to have, to have you back on. We've been talking about finally having the, the three of us back on the air. Since the inception of the podcast, since it's never really lined up, somebody's doing something, which is, uh, you know, that's life. We're all adults now. So, don't it's have the... usually me. Yeah, it might I be guess. you. You're a busy man. You, I mean, you're just down in South Carolina. That's why we had Greg on last week. So... You know, you're you're a man of the world, Matty D. I try. Yeah. I try. And Jordan, sh- should we, before we get into it, congratulate Matt DiStefano on what he did yesterday? What is hole in one over the weekend? Over the weekend, I thought it was yesterday, but absolutely, congrats, man. Oh no, I do. Well, first of all, I didn't want to bring it up, so that's why I hasn't come up yet. But I do appreciate it. It was over the weekend. I posted yesterday. Um, oh, oh, oh. officially yeah, on the. No, oh, oh, you you waited until the revision changed. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> oh, you sandbagging son of a bitch. That's right. That's right. Indigenous history. <laughs> oh, man. But um, it was pretty great. It was a pretty cool moment. I won't forget it anytime soon until I get uh, my next one. I'm Here's sure. Thing, man. I, I, I don't want to take your thunder away, but I did have a net one this year, so technically I had the first hole-in-one this year out of all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you both, can, you both can put your minds at ease. I've, I've resigned to the fact that I'm never going to have a hole-in-one. I'm never going to see a no-hitter. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that I'm just never going to do. Just never gonna happen. <laughs> I had an eagle hey, earlier Jordy? this year, and that's that's all I'm ever ever gonna have in terms of uh, Jordy. Two all under it takes is one swing and a little luck. Yeah, probably a lot of booze too. 
I'm sure and, you and your brothers getting together. There was like, plenty of white created, <laughs> You did create the Bullpen Card Podcast. Yeah. And, and Ron Darling and Jeff, Jeff Rancourt talked about the other night. They love the bullpen card. That's hey, you close. were telling me that. I missed it because I was at the Sixers last night. Uh, that That's incredible that, that we're getting some love from uh, – some unknowing love from the uh, TBS crew. Absolutely. <laughs> but, boys, let's jump into it. We're doing our picks. Five NFL games, one college. Jared, we're going to start with you. Start with the guest. What is your first oh. NFL game? All right. So these are in no particular order um, here. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the ra- the four and two Ravens at plus three and a half at uh, the Seahawks, who are five and one. Okay. Ah, you like the Raven. You like the Ravens on the road. Oh, that's a gutsy pick. All righty. Do I do? Matter of fact, I like that a lot. Marcus Peters. Actually, I don't like it a lot. I uh, I'm might be picking against it later, <laughs> but uh, I like the balls coming out of the gate hot. Too always. Oh yeah. All right. So we'll go to me. Uh, my first pick. I'm going to New Orleans. I had them at plus three and a half. Let's see what's on ESPN because I used Yahoo. Uh, New Orleans is at the Bears, and Mitch Trubisky is likely to play. That's what their coach had said earlier today. I have it plus three on ESPN, so we'll do that. New Orleans plus three. Um, I know the Bears were off a bye. They look terrible. Even I know Mitch Trubisky didn't play in London, but I just I don't think he's going to do very well against that Saints defense. I think Teddy, he had a little bit of a down week against the Jaguars. I know that Bears defense is solid. They're really good at home, starting to get a little bear weather out, out at Soldier Field. Uh, but I think Alvin Kamara is going to separate it. I think Michael Thomas is due for an explosion week. And I really like that Saints offense to really get the job done. All right. That's going to be a big game. I don't, I don't know if it matters if it's Trubisky or Daniel. So, I mean, either way. But um, I'm going to go with another 4 p.m. You actually all picked 4 p.m. So I'll finish off the 4 p.m. slate. Here we go. One of the most disrespectful lines of the weekend right now is the Tennessee Titans. I know they're at home. They're they're a two point favorite over the Chargers. Now I know the Chargers have stumbled out of the gates two and four. They really haven't looked great, but I just cannot see the Chargers losing to Ryan Tannehill and and the Tennessee Titans, who really haven't shown me anything this year. I like the Chargers to bounce back in a big way, um, get get the running game going. That defense can finally get its footing against what should be a really bad offense, even with a quarterback change. So I like the Chargers in that one. No, I like that pick a lot. I almost went with that. Uh, I agree with you. The one thing that, that gave me pause is the Titans, for whatever reason, they always, when you think they're out, and this seems like the perfect, they're completely out, they're 0-2 at home, they they sucker you in. And I know it's a two-point favorite, so they need to win by three points. But I, that's the only reason why it gave me pause. But I agree. I think I think Phillip Rivers is in for a huge week. Um, their running game, I think, needs to have a breakout as well. I don't know if it happens against the Titans, maybe later. Later in the season, maybe against the Chiefs, because the Chiefs apparently can't stop the run. But I like that pick a lot, Natty. <laughs> yeah, and I'll jump in with my second pick, going in that snake order here. Um, another upset pick. I saw a lot of things I liked from the Arizona Cardinals in their, in their defeat of the Falcons. I know there's an extra point was missed late, but they're a three-point dog up the Giants. And even with the Giants getting weapons back, I heard Saquon might play, so that could change my opinion. Um, but regardless, I still like the Cardinals. I still like I still like what they're kind of get brewing there, and I really don't like the Giants' defense at all. I think it's a high scoring affair, um, but I think the Cardinals have a few more guys defensively, so I'm taking the Cardinals in an upset pick over the fo- New York Football Giants. 
I love that pick. And it's the second highest over-under. The other one being the Falcons-Rams, which seems odd to me. Um, But I love that. I think Kyler's in for a huge week. I think that defense cannot stop them. I almost went with it. Again, a road dog uh, gave me pause. Daniel Jones has done some crazy shit throughout the first couple starts. But I love that out of you. I'm glad you had the cojones that I clearly did not, Matty D. (laughs) Uh, roll right into mine. I We just figured out that it's an even pick em line. I had them at plus one, but I'll take them at even. I think they're going to win. The Houston Texans going to Indianapolis to face the Colts. I think the, the Texans have made their turn. I think that Deshaun Watson is really starting to get this thing going. Uh, their running game looked pretty solid against the, against the Chiefs last week. Deshaun Watson had a huge week with <clears throat> Tyreek Hill back. He looked awesome against the Chiefs defense. Oh, no, that's on the Chiefs. Fuck. Uh, Will Fuller's look great. Um, but I love the Texans in this game. I think I know I, I know the Colts have been great without Andrew Luck and are at, are at that 3-2 and two record. Um, but I think that they're in for some sort of dud week. And I feel like the Texans are the kind of team to put that sort of dud on them and avenge their playoff loss from a year ago. But, Jared, we go to you for two, my man. All right, well, since Matt took the, the Chargers... Oh, you can take it as well. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a. Once it's off the board, I'm doing Chargers Chargers plus two at Titans, and I'm taking the G Men at at minus three over the cards. Okay, Okay. you like the G Men? I got you. I got you. I understand where you're coming from. They got Matt Stefano Jr. over there with Danny Jones. So (laughs) we do have a striking resemblance. Not as much as I resemble Tom Brady, but pretty close. Pretty close. Oh, you resemble Eli, but that's beyond the point. Hey, thank you. They look they look identical. I mean those those training camp pictures were incredible. They are. They are. So if I had to before my last pick here, which is probably it's a no brainer, uh, but I'm gonna go with the uh, the pack the Packers at a minus five and a half over the Raiders. Um, I, I really think I mean I can't go against Aaron Rodgers. John Gruden, he's trying to find lightning in a bottle right now. I couldn't find AB in a bottle. The Patriots couldn't find AB in a bottle. AB's in a pickle. Um, and I'm, I'm going with I'm going with the Packers at five at negative five and a half over the Raiders. I like that pick a lot too, Jerry. That was actually my third pick as well. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think this is a weird line. I know that uh, the Raiders are coming off a bye. They had a good win against the Bears, who you know their defense is pretty solid. Maybe they're thinking the Packers are due for. Some sort of come down game. This is at Lambeau. The the Raiders have looked shitty on the road. They look terrible against the Vikings in Minnesota. Um, I think Aaron Jones is in for a huge week. I think Aaron Rodgers picks apart this defense. They cannot play smart quarterbacks well. The Raiders defense cannot. Um, over under set at forty seven. I like the under there, but I love the I love the the Packers by a touchdown at the very least. So I agree with you there. I love that pick, Jared. Thank you. Thank you. And then we'll go well, Matty D. We'll go Matt for two. Well, well, new news broke. Tyrell Williams, the Raiders, you know, emerging wide out. He's also going to be out numerous weeks. So yes. I, I totally get that pick. Um, I'm going to take the – it's going to be an interesting take, but I I feel like we got a, a divisional game with a team that almost won last week for the first time. It's a hell of a line for another team with an offense that I don't really believe in yet. Um, I think it's a low-scoring affair, but I like the Dolphins to cover the 17-point spread against the Buffalo Bills. I know the Bills are coming off a bye, but 
I think 17 points is a lot for that Bills offense that I just don't find particularly explosive. Um, nobody really scares me over there. So they're a good football team. Their mint might be very good with one of the best defenses in the league, but I think the Dolphins' defense just keeps it close enough, even though it's in Buffalo, to cover that 17 point. Yeah, that's a, it's a weird um, line. I get Buffalo coming off the coming off the bye. I think they win this game certainly. I think they win it hands down. Josh Allen, one of the sneakily, one of the better passers that can also run, almost like Carson Wentz, really good at, at being able to extend the pocket and push that. Doesn't really have the arm that that Wentz has. That's why I don't hear a ton about him. Um, but you're right, Bills defense is great. That's probably where they're getting the respect from. Dolphins put up a dud against the the Redskins. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean. I mean- it's a, I mean, to me, that what I saw, the Dolphins went for two yeah. in the game against the Redskins. The Redskins got a crap team. Probably the, probably the worst franchise in football. But um, How have they only played I one just, away game, know. the Dolphins? Yeah. It's, just, it's, just a, it's a divisional game to me, though. Yeah, Those, it's going to be tight. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Insider. I totally so, agree um, with you. With my, yeah, with my second pick, mm, mm, there's, some, there's some tough ones here, but... Uh, I'm going to take it so you guys don't. And uh, I, I like the Patriots to cover at the Jets on Monday night. I know Sam Darnold is back, but that, that Patriots defense is really good. It's a primetime game. Um, it's only a 10-point line, and I think they can win by two touchdowns. They covered late for me last week. I think Brady wants to get it going a tad against a Jets defense. It's probably better at stopping the run in the pass, although they do have good safeties. Um, I don't know. I, I, like, I like the Patriots to cover there. So – I don't know I if you guys know this, well. but everybody, but every week there's a game that's supposed to be the uh, the landmark game. You know, what, last week it was Giants Patriots was to to honor the the two Giants Super Bowls. Uh, when the Eagles play the Patriots, is to honor both Super Bowls they've played in that, that each team has won. This week it is it is not the anniversary of the butt fumble, which I'm a little bummed by. Uh, it is the Packers Raiders, but I think that they really missed an opportunity by not making this nor Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Patriots Jets in honor of the butt fumble, especially being on, pri- on prime time. I, I remember where I was. Yeah. I was I was with Kimball's family coming oh. back in, <laughs> on the Connecticut Turnpike. A ninety-five when that. Happened. Oh man. Yep. Oh, yikes! That sounds like. Uh, I wish I could have seen. I'm bummed to hear he didn't watch that on television. I would have loved to see Paul's face seeing the butt fumble. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't remember if that was before or after Double G got pulled over for an uh, tail light being out. It was oh. all in the same like twenty minute span. That's a <laughs> that's the highs and lows there. Connecticut cops don't fuck around. Uh oh. Uh-uh. No, but uh, we'll go to me for my fourth pick. Uh, I'm taking the Jaguars minus three. They're on the road at Cincinnati. I know the Jaguars. Their offense had a little bit of a come down week. Gardner Minshew didn't have the best showing. Against the New Orleans Saints, the Bengals don't have the Saints' defense. Um, they don't have anywhere near the same sort of pressure that they were able to put on the Jaguars. Um, I think I know it's a road game. I know that at some points the NFL, a team like the like the Bengals with a bunch of veterans that can and should get these types of things done, should have some sort of bounce back week. But I don't think it's against this team. I think Minshew has a huge bounce back week. I love them to cover this spread. I have I have it at three. I know ESPN has it at three and a half. Uh, so I'll go with that. But, um, yeah, I, I love the Jaguars in this game. Who doesn't love Uncle Rico? 
<laughs> it's great. He does. He looks so much like fucking Uncle Rico. Um, so, Jared, we got your fourth pick with Green Bay. What is your final NFL pick? I just took the Pats, too. Like, I don't even know why I showed up tonight. Yeah. You read my mind. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, oh, somebody had to do it. That New England... Yeah, the New England, so, New England line is good. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was my last one there. So, um, we're going to come back I'll, around the snake. Come back to me. I'll think, I'll think yeah, of, for your college. I'll think of a bonus one. Oh, all right, a little bonus NFL. Oh, my yeah, God. Well, no, we'll come my, back around for the college. My college. Matt, we'll come back around for college. Hey. So you're, uh, we kind of we kind of uh, went out of the order of the snake. but uh, So we'll go me, Matt, and then we'll come back around. Uh, my last NFL pick is the Seattle Seahawks against your Baltimore Ravens, Jared. And I think I know what you're getting at. You're a big Steelers fan. I do this a lot with the Cowboys. I pick them. You're going to, you're going to the reverse psychology, and I respect that play. But I love the Seahawks in this game. I think they showed a lot in that comeback win against the Browns last week. Um, I think it showed a lot about Russell Wilson, what he's able to do. He's having an awesome year that I feel like... It's like what, what people talk about with Mike Trout, except Russell Wilson's a household name. He's having this incredible year. He's at 1,700 passing yards. He has all these rushing touchdowns. He actually has less passing touchdowns than TB12. Um, but everybody else on that team, Chris Carson's looking great. Rashad Penny, when he comes back, is going to be a stud. Thunder and Lightning, I know that's a, a former Clemson duo. Neither of them went to Clemson. Tyler Lockett's look good. Sadly, lose Will Disley, my, uh, my former compatriot on my fantasy team. We don't need to jump back into that. But I still love this team. I love the Seahawks to obliterate this three-and-a-half-point spread. I think they blow out the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's not going to know what to do with the 12th man. It's a rainy day in Seattle. Perfect grunge weather for the Pacific Northwest. Lock it in. Seahawks by a billion. <laughs> Seahawks by a billion. Well, okay, you should. Uh, what's your friendly bet then with uh, with Jared, Jordy? I love it. Always seems fair. I love it. What did I bet? Ryan White bet me the shirt on my back. Yes. And uh, I won, so I didn't have to give him my T-shirt. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan, uh, there was a couple that he really was off by, but the Nebraska plus 16.5 against Ohio State. Uh, in the same week that you bet Maryland money line against Penn State. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, I love to have the notes on here. Uh, Matt, what's your last NFL game? Uh, my last one, I'm going to do it. I might as well I might as well be the homer here. Um, I'm, I'm taking my birds going down to the Cowboys. Um, I think Doug Peterson's trying to lay down the law. I, 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 like, I like his comments. I wish he had stood by him and said – um, yeah, I, I guarantee you. I wish he had done that. It's um, tough, but I think that us getting healthy, Deshaun Jackson's going to try to play. That's really big for me. All of the defensive corners, Maddox, Darby, and uh, Mills are all trying to get out there and suit up. I think that's important. You're seeing the fire. Jalen Mills has been practicing. The Cowboys. Go ahead. He's been practicing. Jalen Mills has. Yeah, he's he's practicing, and I, I think the other thing that's important here is. Looks like both starting tackles for the Cowboys will be out. Yeah, they're That's pretty banged deal. up. Yep, and Mari Cooper may not play. I'm not. I don't. I, Michael Gallup's a decent receiver, but I don't think he's a world beater like Cooper is. So if you can take away some of that offensive firepower, allow our defensive line to do what they've done. We're the top ranked run defense in the league. Even though we're on the road, I think we're going to have enough success. And honestly, it's why we paid Carson the big money. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that can win you a game by themselves, and I think Carson gets that done this week. Um, against a very good Cowboys defense, so it's a minus, uh, you know, three minus three in Dallas's favor, but I like us to cover. 
and I'm not a Dak fan. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a Dak believer. Uh, I've seen enough. Um, so I, I like us to get it done down in Big D. Where, by the way, where Papa D, my father, will actually be in attendance this Sunday. So I'll get Uh-oh. the insider scoop from him as well. Big Pauly. I mean, there's there's two things we need to take away from here right now. Number one, we know you are a believer for Bieber, so that's that's number one. Number two, do you do you leave your head coach go like you did the uh, linebacker this week because he gave bulletin board material? So the difference is that the head coach can. can I, mean, I don't mind him guaranteeing a win. He's proven himself. What has Zach Brown proven? Also, if if we lose, great country music. If we were to theoretically Damn, lose. If we were to theoretically lose, Doug, Doug will own up to it. That was my biggest problem with what Zach Brown said. And I know we're going to talk. I mean, we might talk about it later. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't want to take take it on the chin. You, you, you say you were going to do something, it didn't work out. You, you, you got to take it like a man. He didn't do it, and that's why he got cut. And quite frankly, good riddance. He wasn't affecting us positively that much. So I'm perfectly fine with it. And uh, I, I want guys who are going to back up what they say. And I think Doug Peterson will back up what he said. Big balls, Doug, baby. Got to love them. In the crazy moments, you got to love them. When it goes well, you got to love it. When it fails epically, like the Jake Elliott fake field goal, I love it. Although, Matt, I do want to caution you. Through six weeks, you've picked the Eagles three times. You are 0-3 picking the Eagles. Yay! So this is a a give or go. uh, I'm confident. I agree. I fucking think Dak is... uh, He's overrated. He wants $40 million. Jerry Jones, pay him all the money he wants. Pay him. He lost your game on your birthday against the Jets. Pay him. Pay the man. Waste all your money on your fucking shit-ass quarterback. But anyway, let's go <laughs> to your college pick, Matt. Who do you got? There's a lot of really interesting games, and I'm not going to be a homer here, by oh, the way. I thought you I might have. I didn't pick him either. I thought about it for a while. I know. I, I said that's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. I'm going to go with an upset special on this one. Uh, I guess this is kind of a homer. But for the first time since they got the death penalty, SMU is ranked. Number 19th in the nation. They've had a great early. Uh, but in come the visiting Temple Owls. Seven and a half point favorite SMU is. I know they're on the road. I like Temple in this game. I like their defense. Um, SMU's riding a little bit too high right now for me. Too close to the sun. I hate Drew to get some because I think it's really cool story that they're finally ranked again. But I like my Temple Owls to head down to Texas and take care uh, and, unfortunately, probably derank SMU for the first time. So that's where I'm going. I actually like that pick a lot. I, I was looking at that a little bit. SMU's legit. I will say that. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Temple's shown mm-hmm. that their defense can score at will, and I think it may not against SMU. But their offense has been pretty solid, too. They had a great win against Memphis this past week. I watched a lot of that second half while Georgia was upsetting uh was getting upset by uh, USC of the East, South Carolina. Um, yeah, and they, and, and they look great. I haven't watched a ton of SMU. I've seen highlights and seen their stats, but they are a legit team. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I love that pick a lot. Uh, I'm going to go over to mine, and for the uh, for the second week in a row, I'm going to take Florida, but this time they are a favorite. They are hosting the team that upset the Georgia Bulldogs, are they being hosted by? They're at South Carolina. They're five-point favorites on the road. I think South Carolina has a big come-down week. They almost had a big come-down week mid-game against Georgia, if you remember the highlights. Um, I think Florida's defense is legit. 
I think they're in for an absolute trouncing. I know Kyle Trask is going to do what he can to completely shut down the South Carolina team and their defense. Uh, so I really like Florida in this game. They're five-point favorites. I like that by at least a touchdown, if not double-digit points. Maybe two touchdowns. I think that's going to be an uh, exciting game to watch. And it's a noon game. Noon, noon, oh, it's going to be a great Noon great, SEC games. Very interesting game. Yeah, it's an interesting game for sure, but I, I like that a lot. And Jared, we move to you for your college pick. What do you got, my friend? Oh. Well, yeah, I'm taking a look here. I, I have some written down, but I want to see something else. Let me see. Let me see. It's an interesting Well, I, I'm going to take it, – it, oh, there always is. I mean, it, it's like when you go to a good wedding or a nice funeral, a nice spread. Um, but I will have to say, if we're going into it here, I'm going to take uh, the four and two out of conference and one and one in conference – Pitt Panthers at negative three and a half over the fighting Chad Davises, who are three and three and zero and two in conference. The, deep, the ACC <laughs> deep cut, I love it. I love it, Jared. Would you say that's minus three? Would have accused Chad went to Lafayette, so I can't. Yeah, you know, um, Syracuse, a team that I've made a decent amount of money on. Friday night special at the Carrier Dome. There could be something where Tommy DeVito, their quarterback, really takes off. The reason why they're a dog, though, they've had some duds. They really look bad against Maryland. Pitt played Penn State very close. Penn State smoked Maryland. Associated property, Pitt probably takes this game. It's probably why they're a favorite at the Dome on a Friday night showdown. I believe it was this weekend, two years ago, though, that on a Friday night special at the Carrier Dome, that Syracuse upset Clemson. So this is going to be one to watch, my friends. Wow. I love the pick, Jared. Highlighting some good football. Oh, you're, you're trying, and I got two two outside the box picks for you. Okay. So before I leave you both here to go watch watch this game, I'm picking the Penguins at uh, minus one twenty five tonight to be. The only undefeated team in the NHL, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Okay. I'm calling that. And then if you're betting auto racing this weekend, as we get closer to the Monster Energy Cup championship races, um, three drivers who are very good at mile-and-a-half racetracks there at Kansas this weekend. Um, In no particular order, if you pick any three of them, or even if you parlay, good for you. I think you have a good shot there. Uh, Kevin Harvick at plus 400. Uh, Chase Elliott at plus 550. And then Denny Hamlet at plus 1,600. Interesting. I love it. How, how does a parlay work for NASCAR? It. Is it like horse racing? It's win, place, and show? I believe so. Interesting. Interesting. I love the outside. You know what? Aspect. I totally love it. Either any three of them, you're good to go. They're all good on mile and a half. I like that. I, I like the – I do do it with golf sometimes. Spread out the love. Love the love the uh, the triple pick. But, Jared, anything else before we before we let you go? Guys, I just thank you for t- asking me to come on tonight. And Jordy, uh, let's uh, let's take two tomorrow night if the field isn't underwater. Hopefully not. Yeah, it's been a really fucking pouring as we've been recording this. Um, so yeah, hopefully our, our finale of our Thursday night softball league goes well. And just a little little fun fact for you: if I, I'm gonna if I can remember correctly, this will be the first time we have not played on a Thursday night since the team of me, Mike, and Seth got together. I believe we played on Thursday night since the beginning. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, there's no more Thursday league, right? That's why you guys moved to Wednesday. I think it was only five games total with playoffs. Oh, really? Like the Monday league, I'm umpiring right now. It was only five uh, games total. Yeah, that wouldn't have been worth it. That's uh, that's like it's like a broomball ROI with uh, not nearly as much jam packed fun as our broomball league is. I've heard it here first. We're winning at least one out of the two championships. This God, year. I hope so. We do. Matt, you gotta come. You gotta come. You gotta come. Guest uh, guest forward in one of our games. Wait, in what's what sport again? In broomball. Broomball, buddy. Goalie. Oh, please, you couldn't handle me. My That's dad. why we need you. Also, We're trying to recruit contact? you, Matt. Can we check? Can but it's check not you? contact. Oh, no. it, it, it's it, non-contact, yeah, we can't quote unquote. That's why you wear a cup, you savage. Just don't, just don't, you know, you just, you're slipping around, you know, if there's a little contact, you know, you, you take it. Just don't hit the girls. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. I look like the Eagle Belfour in net. Straight stand-up oh, goalie. Eddie Belfour? Love that guy. Oh man! All right. Well, Jared, go watch the Penguins. Hopefully, your uh, your bet pays off for you. Minus twenty five, minus one twenty five. You said I bet the over in that game, so I'm really hoping that's a that's a uh, you're going to be entertained. But we thank you, my man. We'll have you on again sh- soon, I'm sure. Hopefully, you don't go zero and six, so we don't need to bring you back on like we did with Greg. And my man, oh, well, we want you back on. Yeah, we want you back on, regardless. But hopefully, you don't go zero and six, so we have to immediately bring you back on, like Gre- like Greg's uh, turnaround. <laughs> Gents, as I always say when I signed off, I thank you. I love this Thunder blog, and stay classy, Philadelphia. All right, buddy. Well, thanks again. We'll catch you soon. Bye, boys. All right. Thanks again to Jared Barnes for coming on. Matt, that was a lot of fun. I think uh, I think everybody's going to really like that. I think Jared's picks are going to be pretty good, and I liked him throwing in the NASCAR picks at the very end. Oh, that was fun. That was neat, too, because something that I don't know enough about, um, and that was uh, – I, I didn't like the Penguins conversation i really yeah. never like any going kind of penguin south yeah, yeah yeah but um you yeah. got to um you got to come watch the daytona 500 with him again and we'll maybe we'll do another post daytona 500 podcast that was uh jared explaining racing be, to me i could be, be indulged yeah that was because it's president's day weekend so you're you're not working the next day anyway so we you know, right. and I, you know, we had some beverages. Jared explained how NASCAR works. We talked a little golf. A lot of stuff going on. A lot yeah. of uh, changing the channels. Yeah. It's a fun. It's a Sunday fun day at the at the Barnes residence. But I like it. I like it. We did not cover every game, Matt. There's some games we missed. Mm-hmm. I think a big one we did not talk about was tomorrow night's Thursday. So when actually this is being released, Thursday night football, Chiefs at Broncos. It's a game that. It looks like it's. It, I feel like it's a sucker back. The Chiefs are a, a minus three, three, three point road favorites. But it's Thursday night football, and I know the Broncos have not looked great. I know they just beat the Titans, but they they haven't looked great. The Chiefs look good on the road. They're coming off a mm-hmm. loss. I don't know. I, I I feel like this could be exciting. It could be a Thursday night dud. How are you feeling about this? Well, it's a divisional game, and we we I mean I bring it up so much that mm-hmm. it's always harder. Divisional games are always more difficult. You know, the one thing I think is that's potentially concerning for the Chiefs is is Patrick Mahomes' health. The ankle injury he's has not been great for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's causing him issues. You're coming into a game with a great pass on Miller and a pretty good Broncos defense. And a Broncos offense that actually, as I look at it, I like a lot of the pieces. I don't like the offensive line. Um, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman in the backfield. You've got Horton Sutton. Emmanuel Sanders back from injury. They like Deshaun Hamilton there, the product. Um, 
they have the pieces. I'm not sure the team's going to work. I'm not a fact, but I like what I see from the Broncos. And like I said, like you said, it's a Thursday night game. Like I said, it's a divisional game. I think the Chiefs win. This is a gut check win for the Chiefs. They need to come so out too. here and look good. Quite frankly, they've fall, fallen out of the top five for me and a lot of people I've talked to about, about in football uh, in terms of like, like where they think they, they rank right now. Because Mahomes always gives you a chance. Can they run the ball? Can they stop anybody on defense? Their defense, money. You look at it. Did they really get better? They replaced D Ford with Frank Clark, kind of the same kind of same player, same amount of money. They replaced Eric Berry with Tyron Matthew. Did that make them better? Like I'm not sure their the offseason acquisitions just kind of kept them level. Sure. And their defense is a huge problem. Um, and this will be an interesting game to kind of see. I think it's a great great thought like that you had though to watch this game. It's going to show you a lot. Um, but, but Tyree kills back and Mahomes is Mahomes. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something where over under set at 48 and a half, I think this this might be a Broncos coming out party. You mentioned a lot of those offensive weapons that they, they're sporting. Um, I think the Chiefs are, I think they're going to put up points. I think they're going to win this, but I don't know. This could be like the Packers on Monday Night Football where they're driving down the field at the last minute, and maybe they're even down to a point or two, and they need to kick a field goal. Um, I feel like they'll probably feel, be in control, but I think you yeah. can't discount Philip Lindsay in this one. I talked about that a little bit in yep. the picks that the Chiefs' defense up the middle isn't really doing a lot, and you know I I don't know if they're going to make that much pressure on the on the pocket of the of the Broncos. I think Philip Lindsay, both on the ground and even just in dump passes, I feel like could could exploit that. Right, right. Um, the other game that I thought to me is is has a chance to really show you which way both teams are going is is the Vikings Lions game. Yeah. Um, Vikings visiting the Lions. Lions coming off a heartbreaking win, and I do understand they're a little upset with the referees, but I have to also say they got a total of nine points, on three or four turnovers. So that's their issue in the red zone that they really work out. Um, Minnesota comes off as we all unfortunately know, a really good statement win against I look good. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota goes on the road to Detroit, and this game to me is is another huge potential game to show us where both teams are. Are the Lions real? Do they Have they just lost to good teams, or are they pretenders? I think this game's going to tell you that. Um, and same for Minnesota. Did they just catch the Eagles on a good on a bad week, or are they for real as well? Yeah, th- this was a game that I thought could have been a uh... – an easy bet, but I thought it might have been a sucker line of almost putting it at a pick 'em. I feel like if it was Vikings minus four, minus five, this game's in Minnesota, I feel like it might be a done deal because I feel like the Vikings at home, there's such a big difference between them at. I'm not even remembering what the, the new Metrodome is called, but at the new stadium versus on the road, and their their record shows that US they're, they're two losses. US Bank, US Bank thank you. Um, should know that side of the Super Bowl, but their two I, losses are I on the road. There, so that's why I know. I know, I know. You've, uh, you've. We just need to get you to Target Field and wherever the Timberwolves play. And then you, you can be, you can be Czar of Minnesota, the Philadelphia Czar of Minnesota. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you went around. Well, well, wait, 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 wait. See, because I know the Minnesota Wild, they play in St. Paul. So you have to remember, I've been. Ah, uh, yeah, twin, twin, oh, twin, twin cities. cities. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um. um anyway, yeah. the Vikings. Yeah, their two losses are on the road, and this game's at Ford Field. The, the you mentioned it. The Lions are looking to, they're look they're looking for revenge, man. And I think you can't discount that in divisional games. And I think no, 
their defense, the Vikings defense did not look good when Carson really started to get it going. I mean, you can say a lot about where the struggles were coming from, but they weren't totally covering everybody that closely. I mean, yeah, they really were pressing Zach Ertz hard, and I think you might see that with TJ Hawkinson, and especially with the rookie factor, but I feel like Kenny Galladay could have a big could have a big day against these guys. Alshon Jeffrey was literally a was a tip tap away from having a 60 yard touchdown against this defense. This could be a game that really shows a lot about both teams offenses and, and maybe a little bit less about their defenses. But I think this is, this is definitely a game one o'clock. I don't know if that's a game that we're going to get in Philly. It's definitely a red zone game. I think that's something that you yes. definitely want to check out, especially with the only other huge game on the slate, especially on Fox is Vikings. There's a, is Falcons Rams and who the fuck knows where the Falcons are at this point. But okay, well, don't go too deep there because came out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be very we interesting. Talk about it now. Yeah, but you want to talk about? I want to bring this game up. Yeah, I um, think it's definitely one to watch because I think the Falcons are in yeah. for a huge correction in a good way. Well, that's the thing. To your yeah, to your point, the Falcons one in five, bottom of the division. You could argue that Dan Quinn is job in this game. Oh, he absolutely the is. Rams, yeah, the Rams coming all the way across the country three straight they make the big Jalen Ramsey trade which I actually don't think was the right move for them um I don't get it which I'll get to we, we could talk about it in just a minute but to me this game this game is going to change the tra- trajectory of both franchises I mean if the Rams go to three and four, they're suddenly in a division with two teams with five wins they're not even they're going to be in a wild card discussion at best and a wild card number two discussion when you think of the other teams across the board in the NFC. This team, this could put them out of the wild card. The Rams, the Rams and the Cowboys, for that matter, are two teams yeah. who three weeks ago everybody thought were the bell of the ball. They're now both three and three. They're sitting at tenth and eleventh in the in the NFC currently. The Lions are ahead of them. The Bears are ahead of them because the Bears are above five hundred, yeah. and the Panthers are ahead of them. And all credit yeah. to the Panthers of looking great without Cam Newton and really just defying expectations and Christian McCaffrey just being unreal. But both of these teams, that's a really good point, is that I feel like a lot of people are looking at the Falcons being 1-5 and five and being like, all right, they, need, they really need to make a statement here. If there's not a you know not any drop passes, the Falcons are in dead last. Or they're in the Eagles game, I mean, and they, they don't have any wins, blah, blah, blah. You know, if Nelson Aguilar catch, catches it, that's what we're saying in Philly. But I feel like the Rams are the bigger story here because the Falcons, you know what? The Eagles were t- they started two and four the the last year. The Cowboys started three and five. They both made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that one and five is that. Oh, we got you right where you want your record, but don't. But it's it's also a don't look now. But we're right back in the conversation, especially where right. if Teddy has starts to really regress which is you know it's not out of the conversation i i think he's still going to look pretty good he was you know he, he was on a team that was thought to win the super bowl when he fucking busted his leg and then right. who the fucking bucks are going to finish ahead of the falcons no thanks and you know i mean i think this is something where you really where the falcons if they play their cards right and really they haven't played the saints yet they they could play themselves right back into this the panthers i think are are in a good spot and and it depends on how the Vikings do. You know, mm-hmm. the Packers I think are legit. I think they're fine where they're at. Um and 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 the Bears too, but I think if the Falcons 
get on their horse, they figure this thing out. You know, they're they're they could be fine, but the Rams that's a sign a real sign of of you know. Yeah, the one the concern like point out point out is you mentioned the Rams and the Cowboys, and yes, they three wins, three losses. The difference is the Cowboys played literally nobody. They beat up three of the worst teams in football. The Rams, Panthers, and the Saints and the Browns. I don't get too much credit to them. And they lost to the Seahawks and the 49ers. They lost to the Buccaneers. The Seahawks and the 49ers. I'm glad you After brought that this, up. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. You could be a different team. If they beat the Falcons, their next three games are Falcons, Bengals, Steelers. Very, very winnable game. And the schedule is up. They can rip off three wins here and six and three all of a sudden, right back in the conversation. Yep. And then they got to play the Bears, the Ravens, the Cardinals, Seahawks. But there are some winnable games coming up here for the Rams, which which I do think is really um, for them to right the ship. No, I totally agree um, with you. Um, so one both thing... teams need the win, but the Rams probably could be a bit of a mini run here games and go very confident the Bears coming. No, I agree with you, and I think you brought up a really good point on who these two teams have beaten and the Rams, who they've lost to. It's not really a stat that I like to quote until later in the season, but I feel like, for the sake of your argument, it's worth bringing up now. Strength of schedule and strength of victory, which basically takes strength of schedule as everybody you've played average up their schedule, average up their rank, their records, and take the percentage that your strength of schedule... Strength of victory is the same way, but it's the only teams you've beaten. The Rams' strength of schedule right now is the highest in the NFC. It's actually tied with the Buccaneers, but it's 657. Their strength of victory is 611. The Cowboys, on the flip side, their strength of schedule is 412, the lowest in the NFC, and their strength of victory is not the lowest in the NFC. The Arizona Cardinals is, is... uh, is lower as is the Redskins because they because they uh, they peed up on the Dolphins this past weekend. That's their only win. But the Cowboys is one seventy six because they've beaten the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins. I think there's something really to be said about that. I don't want to make that sound more homer because the Eagles are playing the Cowboys this weekend. But it's definitely something with the Rams. I do think though. That if they don't win some of these winnable games that you're talking about, that that's a sign of concern. Um, and I do, but I, I I think that as we're starting to get towards the middle and end of October, that we're going to start to see a little bit more of this. I think we're going to see the Cardinals maybe take a step back. I know they're playing the Giants. I feel like the Giants are going to take a step back, which is weird to say because both of those teams only have two wins. But where four wins right now is getting into the playoffs, you you kind of have to include that. Especially when the Vikings are 500 and they're two, two and one, um, I just feel like you have you have to make those statements because eventually you're going to start to see these teams that are top 10 picks show that in terms of their record, and these teams like the Falcons, you would think, like the Rams, like the Cowboys, even the Cowboys certainly are not a are not a top 10 team, top 10 draft pick team. Um, you know, they're they're going to win eight games. They're going to be a 500 team. Um, you'll you'll see start to see that, but it's worth mentioning with the Cowboys, and I think it strengthens your pick with the Eagles as much as I wanted to chirp you about being zero and three when picking the Eagles <laughs> this year, Mister Matt. I see why I see, I see why you would do that. Um, Reverse psychology is a hell of a thing, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting closer to the middle of the season, week six, um, week seven, two weeks away from 
week seven, I'm sorry, we're a week away from the center of the season. Things are really starting to take shape. Injuries team. We'll see what happens to the trading deadline. Is this week the trade deadline or is it next week? I think it's week. No, didn't they move it back? It might have, wait, is Yeah, I felt um, like it got moved back. I thought it was week 10, but I could be wrong. NFL. I'm going to I'm gonna Google this thing. Dude, um, no, I got you. I got you. Uh, I don't know. Trade. Not right away for me. NFL trade deadline it's is... following the eighth. It's following the eighth. So it's Fo- not... It's, two, everyone has two more games before they have to trade it. Oh, following your eighth game. Yep. Yep. That's kind of crazy. So we'll see what happens. And we'll talk, we'll talk extensively about that. But... Um, Teams are starting. It's always amazing, right? Here, like, like almost half the playoff teams get get flipped. Yes. Um, and then new playoff teams emerge, and we're seeing that with 49ers. Um, and a number, you know, a number of teams that are going to make the probably make the playoffs. <laughs> we're not in it last year. Um, and the one point I, I do want to make, I'm hearing this a lot, and, and I just have to say this, um, I'm hearing people, well, Patriots don't play anybody. You know, the Eagles play anybody well how lucky are the cowboys they get to play the afc east comment i want to make something very clear the nfl is not college you do not get to decide your schedule i did very well to understand you play one division in the afc one division in the nfc an nfc team you play and if you win your division you division with the other two divisions not these schedules are very stone can pretty much map them out years mm-hmm. of the division placement like where you finish um so it's very different also unlike college football even the bottom feeding teams in the nfl can beat you oh yeah like, th- these are nfl there's only there's only 32 teams incredibly talented the jets can beat anybody um even the dolphins have set you so the strength of schedule it's nice. I get people's arguments, but it's still the NFL, and it's not like like the NFL is Roger Goodell. I really like Tom Brady, so I'm an easy schedule. You know. Yeah. By the way, the Patriots play the Chiefs. You know they're going to have to play Colts or the Texans too. Oh yeah. For the division last year, they have to play. You know, so they are going to play a bunch too. So that's the one thing about the NFL different college. No, and, and to you. your point, when I was looking at all the strength of schedule stuff earlier today, I look. I just happened to look at last year because it's a much better idea by the end of the schedule by the end of the year, because all the right. and you see like all the good teams their strength of schedules is below that number is below five hundred. All the, the all the shitty teams it's above five hundred, closer to six hundred for that matter. The Patriots had the highest strength of schedule and strength of victory of any playoff team in the NFL. So that's. Right. To that point of the AFC East being weak and the Patriots get this easy schedule and blah, 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 blah. And I love your point of Roger Goodell just wants to rig it for Brady, especially with uh, New England fans certainly aren't thinking that with all the Deflategate stuff. But um, So I love the irony there. But they're beating good teams, and they play that first-place schedule every single year, and they win 11, 12, 13, occasionally 14, one time 16, but they don't like to talk about that. They win all those games, and they've won six Super Bowls because of it, and they show that they really are one of the greatest dynasties that we'll see in sports, especially in a salary-capped era. Right. No, and I just, yeah, I'm with you. I just, yeah, I had to say it. I just had to no, it, it's worth saying, because it's, 
especially here where where you know having pl- lost to Tom Brady in a Super Bowl now almost 15 years ago and had, then beating him and everybody's like oh you know all this we're you know some people are getting big for their britches and now that the Eagles won a Super Bowl and all that and saying oh we have to play America's team we have to play Skip Bayless and all this bullshit um yeah it's worth it's worth coming to the defense of it because you want to call a spade a spade and you want everybody to actually have it you know actually have educated takes it's that's what we try to aim for here at the thunder blog right <laughs> we're the smart the big ones. week man big week big it's a week huge week big week we didn't even talk about Wolverines. we didn't even talk about michigan penn state at all in the college i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it. i it's gonna be for many reasons mostly familial connection yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i mean i understand i understand i'm not i'm not saying that michigan can't do it by the way I I'm not saying that either. I'm very excited to watch it. I'm very excited to check it out Saturday night. I'm planning a member member at Gulf Mills, so this is going to be a good. Uh, Jordy chills out Saturday. It's you get a tea time on Saturday. Better ball partners. Everybody goes out and shoots a score. Then Sunday, Matt, they send us out on a shotgun, but it's still all stroke play. Gotcha. So they pair you up with teams that are also in a similar score. So uh, I think it's oh, like nice. an 11 o'clock shotgun on Sunday. So I'm going to be – thankfully the Eagles are a Sunday night game. I actually talked about yeah, it with a, a few of our true. friends at the tailgate a few weeks ago uh, that are also playing in this tournament. But <laughs> point of the story, I'm going to be – I mean, either, I might go to the Flyers game on Saturday night. I know I, I talked to you about it a little bit. It's Oktoberfest. to get a free Stein. Watch the Flyers play the Dallas Stars. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, if you did not, if you don't follow us on on Instagram, you should Thunderblog Sports. But you might have seen, if you do, that uh, the great third and girl with her Sixers season tickets got us a tour of the renovations they did and the all the way up standing room area. Matt, I know you checked okay. it out. It is incredible, and they're not paying me to say this. I wish they were. But Matt, there's a gambling lounge, which I know the bar that was PJ Wellahan's has turned into something similar to that uh, behind Section 105. Um, but if there's a gambling lounge, a sports lounge, as they called it, you can't place bets in there, but there's like a, it's sponsored by, by a website that's all plastered all over the stadium. There's sweet, there's these sweet couches, leather couches, plush chairs, all this different stuff. There's a bar with a mixologist over in a corner with food. And then they have makeshift suites that are basically just cooler versions of these leather couches and all that stuff. And they're kind of, it's like an open setting. It's very cool. If you are in the Philadelphia area, I know we now have some listeners, not not here, Matt, so we're expanding. But the Philly people, <laughs> if you're going to the Wells Fargo Center, apparently it's only $35 for Sixers. I don't know what it is for Flyers. Definitely check this thing out because I'm excited to go watch a game from up there. The view is great. It makes the mega scoreboard look normal size. And then you look right below it and we saw a basketball court that was smaller than the scoreboard. So you know, that's, uh, that's pretty <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, um, wrapping this all back around to Michigan-Penn State, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Obviously, I want to see Michigan pull it out. Uh, Not the biggest Penn State fan here, and thankfully, all I have is my aunt who went to Penn State, but she's a much bigger college basketball fan. She's a big Xavier basketball fan, so you don't have to worry about a lot of the uh, the we are's and all that sort of stuff. Unlike you, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still stuck worrying about it, but yeah, yeah, sure. By the way, very glad got the Facebook they got. But well, I digress. Discuss that blank. 
Totally. Um, but yeah. All right, brother. Well, hey, man. Excited for some football. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. I, I get, I get, I get lonely. I know. It's a Tuesday action. It's coming. Oh my god. Week. We're close yeah. to action. We are really we're close. close to I would it. agree. We got some Wednesday night football tonight that we're missing. Uh, I think true. it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're oh, we're about to get into the thick of it, buddy. It's gonna be great. Oh my god. And hockey's back. Basketball comes back in a week. We're uh, college basketball. I think is like a month away. Matt, we are. We're in it. We have the as as if you watch television, you see those FanDuel sportsbook commercials that now are just sports equinox. That's like ten days away. Oh baby, just inject it into my veins. But anyway, we're rambling. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Matty D, thank you as always. This was a ton of fun. Thank you to Jared for coming on. Go like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five star review. Matt and I will eventually figure out something that we're going to reward people for doing it for. Everybody have a good weekend. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.